Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And may I say unto you a happy, happy Father's Day to all you fathers that are out there. Uh, and I might add, without uh, leaving you out, all of you single mothers who are attempting to be both mother and father, uh, to you on the side, happy Father's Day to you too, just because of that. But for you guys who are in the saddle, who are really, really living up to the measure of being a father, after the similitude of our father, our heavenly father, I want to say happy, happy Father's Day to you. Good job. Keep it going. It's not easy, but it's the best job in the world. Amen. So again, we thank God for you this morning. And we will continue to move on with this morning's lesson. I'm so, so excited about what we've been talking about here recently. This is the third part of what we've been sharing. We've been talking about surviving the anointing. We know that in the church world, we hear the word anointing a lot, but a lot of people have misunderstood its application. Same as Christian, same as love, you know, and even the same as fear. So I want to bring a little more simplicity to it this morning by continuing to unfold uh, what the anointing is and how it applies to us. So again, we're talking about surviving the anointing, part three. Now, just to go back and to revisit the foundation that we had, um, I begin to share with you that we've all heard about the anointing. Uh, and we don't really sometimes, you know, the question is just what does it mean to be anointed? You know, uh, the origin of the, the anointing, biblically speaking, is when the shepherds had their sheep, shepherds, sheep, and um, there were parasites, parasites that tried to get into the wool of the sheep and work its way up to their ears so it could burrow down into their ears and cause death to the sheep. So what we see here is, is that the shepherds poured oil on the heads of the sheep, which thickened like the helmet of salvation, it thickened the wool around the ears, keeping it and making it very difficult for the parasites to get into the head of the sheep. <clears throat> See the similarities? So, uh, and so we know that the anointing became symbolic of uh, blessings, protection, and empowerment. So, in our last teaching, we did establish that what the anointing was. It meant to, there were certain applications that we, we visited. One was the anointing, uh, charo, the Greek word, uh, uh, is to smear or rub all, all over. We talked about that. We also talked about another uh, application, which simply means to anoint to an office, a governmental position in, a, in in the body of Christ or an office or uh, to empower to to do a certain thing because the anointing ultimately becomes God on flesh doing what is impossible for flesh to do. Uh, we also determine that the anointing is not a magic potion. A lot of times people think that the anointing is a magic potion and they think that we can live, do anything apart from God. And then all we need is the oil and pour the oil 
uh, all over something and then immediately we get results. Uh, I was doing some studying on the anointing and the oil and the five components that made up the original anointing oil. And um, uh, I, I probably, I don't know if I would remember them all, but I do know that God gave specific uh, instructions to Moses uh, as to uh, how to construct this oil. And uh, uh, I know it was part calibus, um, part cinnamon, uh, and uh, olive oil, and um, uh, it eludes me right now, but there were two more parts um, to this oil, and it made uh, God say, use this, and anything that it touched shall be holy. Um, so this morning, we're going to continue to talk about not just the oil itself, but the anointing. Are you listening? Um, we are all anointed. The Bible says that we are all anointed. However, we don't all operate in the anointing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We don't all operate in the anointing. We are all saved, but we may not all go to heaven. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So there is a, there, there is a difference. Now, let's continue to move on this morning. And I want to make, I want to be precise because there's so much to bring out. There's so much I wanted to really just bring out now. But uh, I don't know. We may go another se session after this one um, because there's a lot to be said about the anointing. The anointing, we know, the anointing draws. We spoke about this before, the anointing draws. The anointing will cause you recognition. The anointing will cause you attention. The anointing will cause favor to come on your life. The anointing will put you in positions that you could never go in on your own. Are you listening? The anointing uh, 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 will cause an attraction. The anointing is attractive and many people have misconstrued or misunderstood the attraction that might be on their life. And they might think it's because I am fine. I am all that and a bag of chips. No, the anointing is on your life and it is causing people to see something in you that they don't see in everybody. And that is the anointing. However, your responsibility is to operate in that anointing. It draws people to you, but it's like the fig trees. When people get there, they don't see nothing but leaves because there's no fruit, but it will draw people to you. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you will have no productivity after people have come to you. People are hurting around you. People are in trouble around you. People are dealing with all kinds of things in their lives and they need answers and you have them. But when they come to you, all they see is leaves. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They don't see the fruit that they need in order to eat, to be sustained. So you have to be very careful how you carry the anointing. Now let's continue to look at this. Um, it draws God's favor, his attention. It draws blessings. People will want to do things for you. 
people will want to be a blessing to you. And a lot of times we, we, we get off, we misuse that. And we begin to insinuate uh, that people do things for us. We will begin to uh, misuse this anointing. And all the while, it is God on you trying to reach someone else. Are you listening? Now, it uh, goes on this. Uh, people that need God's provision, there is something in you that can help someone else along. And they'll come to you. And you should, you know, the Bible says freely you have received, so freely give. You should allow that anointing to be able to help someone else's life. Now, I'm not talking about people who just hang out and just really don't want to be a part of the body of Christ, don't want to be a part of what God is doing, but they just want to use the anointing or pimp the anointing. You know, you got to be careful that you don't. Paul said that uh, he will not frustrate great, uh, frustrate God's grace. Well, the grace is wrapped up in the anointing because the grace will bring things to you that you don't deserve. It's God's unmerited favor. Now, let's continue to go on and look. This is something else that the anointing does. The anointing impregnates. The anointing impregnates. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 18, where there's no vision, people perish. Without the anointing, you will perish. The anointing will impregnate you with a vision. The Bible also says where there is no uh, vision, people cast off restraints. And we saw that during the pandemic when people were not in close proximity to the anointing of God. People went back to doing all the things they said they wouldn't do. People went back to living uh, a life. They re-sold the veil. The veil that was split represented the flesh. So access to the Holy Spirit could go in and out of their lives freely. People re-sold the veil. That thick veil that was in the temple that separated people from God. That veil was reconstructed during the pandemic. And now people are behind the veil again looking in and they are believers. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So it impregnates. It rejuvenates. The Bible says in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. Refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. It rejuvenates. If you want to get rejuvenation, you get in God's presence and you are all, you, you will find uh, another presence. You will find another uh, source of energy in your life that you didn't have before. You know, this generation today is weaker and wiser. Everybody's tired. Are you listening? You need a dose of the spirit of God. You need to get back in God's presence and be rejuvenated. The Bible says that he renews your youth like the eagles. Are you listening? Not just physically, but spiritually. There are so many people, the Bible says that they are walking mournfully before him. People are in the body of Christ and it look like they have no joy, no hope, no, 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 no aspirations, no future. And the Holy Spirit, by the power of the anointing, will rejuvenate all those things. It separates. Lord knows this. I'm telling you, the, the anointing of God, we said the devil divides, but the anointing will separate. When you find yourself incompatible with people because they either refuse to grow or they don't know how to grow, or you started out with them and you were diligent and they were not, it will separate you. You can't fake that. 
there's a proverbial fork in the road in relationships, friendships, all types of things like that. You, It will separate you. And don't think it's your fault. I was reading a thing of uh, uh, human psychology, and it was saying that when people say to you, you have changed, many times it's because you have ceased doing the things that please them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It will separate you. The Bible says, think not that I came to bring peace, but a sword. I come to set at variance a mother against her daughter and a father against his son. And a man's foes shall be those of his own household. It's basically saying to you that when you make a commitment to walk in God, certain things are going to fall off. Sin is going to fall off. Sinful habits will fall off. Sinful people will fall off. And anybody that will not go the same way that you are going, Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? People will fall off. It's not your fault, but it is your destiny. And you can tell when there's times in your life when it's time to move on from people is when they don't challenge you to grow anymore. When they become more... Uh, not a push to you, but a drag. Are you listening? These are things that God is saying. It's time for you to move on. I have more. Listen to me. Certain things you will never see as long as Lot is with you. Now, I'm not trying to teach you how to just go through your book and look and see who needs to fall off from your life. If you just live for God, they will fall off automatically. Are you listening? It's not something you have to do. So it will separate. Let me move on. And it consecrates. What I mean, what do I mean by that? It will set you apart for what God called you for in the very beginning. God called you for a specific task in your life. And uh, the Bible says uh, in Jeremiah, he said that I knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb. And he said, and I have called you. And I have uh, to be a prophet to the nations. Every person, even if you're married, individually, before you were set into time on this earth, God had a specific plan for you, a specific destiny. It wasn't a self-will plan, according to St. John. The Bible says that we were born not of the will of man, not of the will of flesh and blood, but of the will of God. He set you into motion for a specific thing. There's a gift. There is a mandate. There is a purpose on the inside of you that God intends for you to accomplish while you are inside of time. So when he says time is over, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Your The will of God was not for you to just be married. It's not for you to be successful in business. It's not for you. All of these are byproducts of walking in the things of God. The Bible says that Daniel was industrious. The Bible says that Joseph, he was another man that was industrious. The Bible says that these men sought God's will and they were successful as a byproduct. It's the same with you. When you seek God's will, you will succeed 
according to Joshua 1 and 8. Let not the book of this law depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shall thou make thy way prosperous. Then shall thou have good success. Another translation says you will deal wisely with all the affairs of this world wisely in your finances, in your marriage, in your child rearing, in your careers, in anything you do, you will deal wisely. Why? Because the Bible says that the anointing will teach you how to be successful in all things. So here, if you stay connected to the anointing, you don't have to chase success. Success will chase you. Are you listening to me? You don't have to chase blessings. Blessings will chase you. You don't have to chase a mate. The mate will chase you. Are you listening? All of these things are embodied in the realm of walking in the anointing. Now, let me continue to move on. The anointing will make you weep like a child, but live like a giant. Boy, let me tell you, there's a certain point of this that says that there is humility. The anointing will make you weep like a child. I don't care how strong you are externally, but there is times the anointing will come on you and all of a sudden it will just break you down. Humility will fall into place and you will just break down like a like a little baby and weep like a child. I mean, I'm not a crier, but I've been under the anointing at times before and it was all I could do to hold on. <laughs> because once it comes, and when you see someone who the anointing, never affects like that, this is someone who is still resistant to the anointing because they are still concerned about their outward appearance. They are concerned about how people will perceive them. But when the anointing comes in on you, it's bigger than you. And all of a sudden, that thing will cause you to break down and you will just cry like a baby because what happens you have understood that without God in my life, I am nothing. Without God, I can do nothing. You will see how powerless you are without the presence of God. But that thing will cause you to weep like a baby. But on the other hand, it will cause you to live like a giant. You will begin to live in such a confidence. People will mistake it for arrogance. I'm not saying pride. I'm talking about confidence. Confidence is when you are sure where you are going in spite of what other people are saying. Pride is when you are sure where you are going, even when you don't know where you're going. Are you listening? That's the difference between the two. They looks like they look like they are synonymous, but they are not. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And the only difference between the two is the, uh, the sense of humility. Now, let me come on and move on. Therefore, the anointing can be defined as divine enablement, divine enablement. It will cause you to be, that's what I said before, flesh, a God on flesh, doing something flesh couldn't do. It will cause you to be able to supersede natural feats. Are you listening? The anointing was on Samson and Samson was extremely strong in the physical. That's because the anointing was on him. Uh, and it, it caused Elijah to uh, outrun a chariot for over 20 miles. 
See, when the anointing comes on you, it's divine enablement. You will be on your job and God will give you a witty invention. He will give you something that you've never seen before. You never thought before. He will open doors that it's impossible for you to go through without him. He will cause favor to be upon you. He will cause superiors that have the ability to put their hands on you and show you favor. God will point you out because of the anointing that's on you. It'll be something that you can't see with the natural eye, but it will be attractive. It will cause them to say, that person over there is different. That person over there said this the other day and I couldn't get it out of my mind. That person over there did something the other day and I saw them and I, I, it blew me away. See, that's what the anointing does to you and it will draw favor in your life. It will cause things to happen in your life the same way it did with Joseph. He was he went into prison and the Bible says that and God was with him and he rose up. He interpreted dreams and God was with him until he was second in command. And even when the enemy came to try to overthrow him through Potiphar's wife, the Bible says, yet he still rose. It doesn't matter when people lay traps for you. It doesn't matter when people have an issue with you. It doesn't matter when people don't like you. It doesn't matter when people are secretly hoping that you fall. When God is with you, if God be for you, who can successfully be against you? None of that matters. Don't get your eyes caught up on winning that battle because all you have to do is stay in God and the battle is already won. Secure your place in victory by abiding. We talked about that. Stay in God. Now, let me tell you something. The, the anointing alone, the anointing alone will meet your every need. I'm going to show you something in a few minutes here, how the anointing seems to be so much more detached from your everyday living, yet it has everything to do with your everyday living. People misunderstand the anointing because the devil has made them think that they can be successful in their own, uh, within the confines of their own mentality, their own abilities. But I'm telling you right now, the anointing makes the difference. I remember when we was uh, first born again, and uh, there was a song that this... Uh, choir used to sing, the anointing makes the difference in my life. And how well uh, that is that is stated, we didn't know to the extent until we learned more about the anointing. But I'm going to show you here in this story, and, and I want you to really reflect in your lives because in your life, there are deficiencies. In everybody's life, there's something that we still need or desire or want. And I'm here to tell you right now, the reason why you're finding it difficult to achieve these things is you're trying to do it without the anointing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 4, and I want to read something to you that you have read before. And then I want to show you when we break it down, I want to show you through this analogy how it was the anointing that solved all the problems. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh we're going to talk about this now. Um, 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's look at verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets 
unto Elisha, saying, Thy uh, servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and that the creditors have come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. Now, 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 and Elisha said, listen to what, and Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Sounds like what God said unto Solomon. What is it that you want me to do for you? Tell me, and, and, and uh, what has thou in thy house? And she said, thy handmaiden have not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Now, this is the key right here. The creditors have come in order to, because my husband is, is dead. He was probably the one laboring and doing all these other things. But now they come to take my sons to be bondsmen. They come to put my sons under bondage. They come to create a yoke in our lives, my life and in the life of my children. And Elisha said, so tell me, what is it that you want me to do? And before she could answer, he said, what do you have in your house? Let me ask you a question. Is there an anointing in your house? Is there an anointing in your house? Thy creditors have come. Listen to me. What does that look like it has to do with a pot of oil? We know the oil is representative of the anointing. Let's continue looking at this. He said, unto, uh, and then he said, go and borrow the vessels abroad from all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. In other words, this is what he was saying. I want you to go find every vessel you can, but there is a qualification. We only need empty vessels for the oil. Let that sink in. We only need empty vessels for the oil. And then he said, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour unto all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, first of all, listen to me. Remember, the anointing will separate you. He said, go in the house and shut the door. This is not the time to have granny to come over. This is not the time to have your best friends over. You are in a dilemma. And in a dilemma, you need the anointing. And with the anointing, the anointing is only for empty vessels. The anointing is not for vessels that's full. You don't need somebody full. You don't need to be full. You need to first empty yourself if you're going to qualify for the anointing because the anointing is God. The Bible says to be full of the spirit. You can't be full of the spirit if you're full of yourself. Are you listening? Come on. Come on. Let's look at this. The Bible says, uh, so she went from him and she shut the door upon her and upon her sons who bought the vessels who brought the vessels under her and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Oh man, let me tell you something. <laughs> 
this is a mouthful here. It came to pass. The Bible says that, first of all, she obeyed. We have a problem in this society with people obeying. People want to do it their way. Kind of like Naaman wanted to do it his way. But when God gives you a mandate, if you don't do it his way, you don't do it. <laughs> because doing it your way, you still will be accomplished. Are you listening? The Bible says she shut the door. And then the Bible says that she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said, bring me yet another vessel. He said unto her, there is not another vessel. And when there was no more vessels, the oil stayed. Let me finish reading this. And the Bible says, and then she, she came and she told the man of God. And he said unto her, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Now, there are some very important nuggets here. The widow was told by Elisha to find as many empty vessels as possible. Are you listening? And God poured into the empty vessels. This is one of the first qualifications of the anointing. If you don't empty yourself, if you don't, and, and people say they empty themselves, but let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you say. It's about all about capacity. If you don't have the capacity to be filled with the spirit, then there is no way you can flow in the anointing if you are not full of the spirit. Are you listening? How do I empty myself? You first have to humble yourselves. We talked about that before. You first have to realize that without God, I can't do this. You thirdly, you have to say to yourself, all of my ways I will abandon. You have to empty yourself. Stop trying to understand everything your way. Are you listening to me? Now, the Bible says he pours himself into empty vessels. The oil is all she had. The oil was all she needed. All you need, no matter what your situation is right now, maybe you're dealing with a financial issue. Maybe you're stressed and you're living from week to week. Maybe your finances are stressed because you got too much money left at the end of your money. Maybe that's the situation right now. You think that you need four jobs. You do need to work. You think that you need this or that. What you need is the anointing to teach you how to manage what you have. And the favor of God will fill in the gaps. You haven't tried that because you haven't believed in that. Let's be honest. You didn't try that because you haven't believed in that. You haven't sold yourself out to God because that's your last resort when it should be your first option. Let's move on. And when there is no more empty vessels, the anointing will stop. Let me tell you something. When there's no more empty vessels, the anointing will stop. This is a private lesson for you. The anointing is for, remember, it was for the creditors, but you live on the rest. The anointing is always in your life going to be for other people, but you are going to live on the remainder. Did you get that? 
if you don't empty yourself out to other people, you will always be full because the anointing is not going to flow unless it flows out. She poured out. Are you listening? Poured out. Poured out. You got to pour the anointing out for you. Listen to me. When you don't use the anointing, being filled is, is short-lived. In other words, you can't be poured into if you don't pour out. If you don't understand that that anointing in your life is for other people, you will never be able to live on the rest. You think you can live on a full pot of the anointing for yourself, but it doesn't work that way. Why? Because when your pot is full, the oil stops. I hope the Holy Spirit does something with this so you can really, really see the reason why you are finding it so hard for fresh anointing to be on your life because you got old oil. You got old oil. It didn't flow out. See, it's, 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 it's reciprocal. As it flows out, it flows in, flows out, flows in, flows out, flows in, and you constantly keep a fresh anointing. But when you fill the pot up, the oil stops. And it will not empty unless you use it. And you try to use it on yourself, but the anointing is first for other people. Remember the creditors? That's how you fix your situation. Let it flow out of you for other people. We're trying to just live on a full part of the anointing. It doesn't work that way. God is not that kind of God. He will fill vessels for you to be his hands and his eyes in the earth for other people. And as long as you are letting it flow out, he keeps filling you. Are you listening to me? You can only keep being filled if you keep being empty. <laughs> he said to those with a full pot, you can only keep being filled if you keep being empty. And a lot of people get filled, but they never use it. And they're wondering, why isn't something new happening? That's why. Because all, you are concentrating only on you. Let me move on because I got to finish this. The, listen what the anointing did for this woman. Let's read. We got to continue reading. The Bible says, uh, let me see where I want to go with this. Verse uh, seven again. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay the debt, and then live thou and thy children on the rest. Boy, this is powerful. Now look at what the anointing did. The anointing or the oil, remember, oil only. That's all. The oil saved her family. It kept her in her house. <laughs> It paid her bill and her debt. That the debt that she had, even the it, her bill to the creditors and the debt that she owed because she borrowed the pots. Did you get that? She borrowed the pots. She had a debt right there. 
Her bill was to the creditors. Her debt was to those that she borrowed the pots from. She was able to do all of that. Did you get what I'm saying? And the anointing was all she had. And the anointing alone was enough. Guys, it was the anointing that caused the axe head to float. That's all. It defied gravity. The anointing alone. And that, listen, if you go back and read that story, the guy cried out. He said, because the axe head was borrowed. And the anointing fixed his situation. What are you dealing with in your life? Is it your children that you're struggling with? Is it your finances you're struggling with? Is it your career you're struggling with? Is it a, a marriage you're struggling with? Is it, what is it? The anointing alone is more than enough. You and the Holy Spirit are a majority. Did you get that? You're running out here scattered all over the place trying to find a way to make your situation work with everything but the anointing. And without the anointing, you are going to be yoked up. Look at this. When you are independent of the anointing, then you are only sustained by the sweat of your brow. The anointing is operative in your life doing things that you can't do. And when you abandon the anointing for your own ways, these things, and we're going to talk about this on another session, how all of these things that it draws, it also draws yokes. Let's continue. Let's finish. It is the anointing that causes you to level up in your life. You're trying to get ahead, but you can't. You're trying to stay afloat, but you can't. You're trying to live on another level, but you can't. Because it is the anointing that causes you to level up. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he says that you shall be above only and not beneath the head and the tail, not the tail. Listen to me. It is the anointing that causes you to level up. Why? Because the anointing will cause you to live in the ways of God. The Bible says, Isaiah 55 and 9, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. So when you are operating in the anointing, you begin to operate in higher ways. God is the greatest mathematician. He's the greatest counselor. He is the greatest uh, mate. He is the greatest father. He is the greatest uh, of, of, of all things. And when you learn his ways, it immediately calls you to think and operate on another level that you are incapable of operating on. God is the greatest uh, networker. He is the greatest. And he has the ways to show you. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 103 and verse 7, it says, he made known his ways unto Moses. His ways, those ways that are higher, 
to cause you to level up. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. The acts is always the results. The ways is what the anointing teaches you how to level up in your life. You want to get ahead in life? You want to go to another place in life? You want to see things you've never seen before in life? You want to outdistance your past? You want to be stronger than the adversary? You're going to have to be taught how by the anointing. Say this with me. The all alone is enough. Until you get that, that in your spirit, you can always look for other ways. The all alone is enough. And in the future teachings, we are going to show why you need the all. <laughs> why you need the all, even through everyday occurrences. Why you need the all. Too many of you out here are overwhelmed, overthrown over exhausted because you are trying to do life as a believer without the all. They will tell you right now, any good mechanic will tell you that's why your engine will wear out is because you are trying to run it without all. All keeps the friction down in your life and keep your heart from being blown. <laughs> so, so just remember that you need the all. Are you listening? His ways are higher. Remember, the all alone is enough. We are all anointed, but we don't always operate in the anointing. So until we get together again on Tuesday of Jesus, Terry, I want to say to you again, a wonderful, happy Father's Day. And I want to say to you, fathers, listen, guys, it is impossible for you to be. You can listen. You can be a daddy. Without being a father. A daddy has oversight. A father has insight. A daddy only knows about the structure of the bills coming in the house, that it is a house that I am married and that I do have children, but a father knows that he is responsible for a house. He is responsible for his children. He is responsible for their spiritual well-being. He is responsible. And so he does the things that will cause his example to flow down to the family. There's difference between a daddy and a father. So if you just a daddy today, if be a father tomorrow, are you listening? And only a father can teach you how to be a father. Until we get together again, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, and for how long you do it, make sure that you are not yoked up. And while you're walking in the anointing, you can feel good about it, keeping it real.